Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button Internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on Internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly. Welcome to Cyberlong Business Report. And uh, we normally broadcast live from the Internet Law Center in Santa Monica, but today we are broadcasting from sunny Palm Desert, California. And if you want an appreciation of California's drought situation, come here and see all the bright green lawns. It's kind of troubling. But um, as always, background on the show and our guests, can be found on our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com um, and give us any comments you have at cyberlawradio on Twitter. So um, we, we live today in the age of e-commerce where consumers rely on social media to make purchase, purchasing decisions. 64% actually check reviews before making a purchase. And the biggest player in the space is Yelp with 142 million unique um visitors in Q1 2015 from across the world. And and when dealing with Yelp, uh, an increase of one star in your Yelp rating can be the difference between life and death for a business. It can mean whether a restaurant is full or a restaurant is empty. And um, Yelp is not without its critics, and our guest today is one of them. Um, Kaylee Milliken is the director and producer of the film Billion Dollar Bully. Um, Kelly, welcome to Cyberlawn Business Sport. Thank you so much for having me. And um, so your film, which I should point out, is just got funding through Kickstarter and is, is partially complete. Um, has already garnered quite a bit of attention because of your success on Kickstarter. And I believe um, you have a clip that we're going to hear f- from your um, trailer 
Um, can you just briefly describe what that is? Yeah. So the trailer, it um, it's a brief accumulation of some interviews that we have done up to this point. Um, I, I don't think you'll be hearing the part in the trailer where we're asking random people on the street if they've heard of Yelp's filtered review yeah. system. Yeah. So it comes into when we start speaking with an attorney who has represented several people in lawsuits against Yelp. All right, let it run, Brasco. The allegations against Yelp had to do with extortion. Every one of the clients had been threatened with harm if they didn't pay money. I will assume after all these years, they're trying to sanitize their image. But I know that every time that you hire their advertisement, it comes with benefits. It is a racket what they do. I mean, they really forcibly make you pay for their services or you get more and more negative reviews and it negatively affects your business. They would say things like they could help us manage our reviews. They call a couple of times and nicely we told them no because, uh, you know, we don't have budget. I'll tell you, probably six, seven hours later, three or four of my good reviews, they were gone and two other one-star reviews appear. I don't know what you call that. It's a signal, it's a bully. To me, it's a language. And it's a language that has been invented in Sicily around the 1930s. If the mafia had done what Yelp is doing, they'd be thriving in every county and every jurisdiction in the United States by doing it over the Internet. Wow. Um, that's, that's quite a mouthful, and, uh, I can, which may explain why um, the film has gotten such attention, and I believe when the uh, announcement came that you had successfully achieved your funding on Kickstarter, Yelp's share price went down 5% the next day. Um, so It was actually when the film, when, uh, when the trailer was released, when we put it on Kickstarter, and it, once it hit the news, so this was back in March, that's when their stock went down. So I guess so before, before we even raised the funding. So then obviously now there must be even more worried. Let's go back to the start though. What led you to make this film? Well, I used to use Yelp a lot as a consumer. I would rely on it to find various businesses. Um, I can't say that restaurants I went to were necessarily reflective of the reviews that I saw, but I used it anyway. And I went to visit my physician one day and she began to tell me about her experiences with Yelp, and they were awful between extremely aggressive salespeople to receiving false reviews from you know, patients that she had never seen before, and, and the list just went on and on. And I didn't want to believe her because I thought, if this is true, I can't use this website, and I use it a lot. So I went home and... and hmm? Go ahead. Uh, I just began researching it, and I found that her story was not unique at all. And so you, you've done work in um, documentary film in Europe and, and, and Tanzania. And so um, this is obviously a big undertaking for you. What, why, why this project in particular? I thought it was a very compelling story that needed to be told. I wanted to give business owners a platform for their voices to be heard. And, and so when you went forward on this, is the response that you're seeing right now um, did you actually anticipate anything like in that magnitude, or, or is this really just far beyond what you imagined? 
I didn't expect it to get this big this quickly because we are only 20% through production. When I put the trailer up, I thought we were closer to about 50% through. Uh, Since then, we've just had so many stories come out of the woodwork that we realize there is a lot more filming to be done. Um, And going back really quickly to letting it, you know, being a platform for businesses to be heard, I also think consumers have a right to know that – that the website isn't what they may think it is. And that, that, that we, we can go into that in a second. Yeah, but as it is now, I think already you're probably the, the most influential documentary that's never been aired. <laughs> <laughs> at least in at least in recent memory. So let's talk about the, the, that part, the, the point you just made, though, that the, the site isn't what consumers think it is. So many businesses, if you if you go onto Yelp and look up your favorite business, I think you would be surprised to see some of the reviews that are there. And there are numerous reasons for that, including I'm willing to bet you haven't left your favorite business a review yourself. So businesses usually only get reviews if they've had a really negative or a really positive experience, and more so on the negative side. Now, Yelp disputes that fact. They say that... Um, most people leave reviews if they've had a three or four star experience, but that is not at all what I have found. Um, and if you're really angry, it seems like a great place to let your voice be heard and and get it off your chest. But people sit behind their computers and don't realize the impact that they are having on another business. And they get very brave behind their computer too, braver than what they would say in person. Right, as, as an anonymous person or a faux, you know, mm-hmm. a, a faux person, and exactly. yeah, I you know, obviously, given my my practice, I, I do get calls um, from businesses about you know what can I do about this Yelp review? You know, it's outrageous. I never saw this person, um, or you know, they're just completely making stuff up. I mean, it's frustrating for them. Mm-hmm. And Yelp, yeah, talk it, to Yelp, and they rely on the algorithm. Somehow, there's this algorithm. That you know creates the best review. Um, ultimately, as of what what is seen, and some other bad stuff is screened out. Right. Um, but unfortunately, for a lot of businesses, though, it seems that the algorithm works against them. Where um, you know, one thing that they say that Yelp says is if you haven't been leaving a lot of reviews, if you don't really use the site very proactively, then your review is likely to get filtered out. From what I've seen, that is true if it's a positive review. The negative reviews seem to stick a bit better. I actually had a case where there was a, a, a client contacting me, and um, the other the guy wanted to leave a flaming review and purposely registered, wrote six positive reviews elsewhere. And then, you know, just tore into my client on the seventh. You know, just be anticipating the prospect that you know, because he hadn't had many reviews, it might get um, it might get taken down. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's frustrating for you know for businesses. Um, but what, what seems to be getting a lot of attention, I think, which is the highlight of your film, um, is and you talk a lot about the, the Levitt case, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Is this concept that Yelp and which Yelp apparently denies, but you know, a lot of former Yelp employees have said is true, um, is that Yelp will, will basically say, hey, 
you know, you advertise with us, we'll work with you on the reviews, we'll, you know, if you make some stuff disappear or appear lower down, further down. But the flip side is if you don't, we're going to make sure your competitor's ad appear next to yours and, um, you know, negative reviews might show up more. I mean, is that is that what you're hearing? Oh, yeah, I hear that all the time. Um, businesses feel like if they ignore Yelp's calls, then they do okay. But once they have spoken with somebody and once they've declined to pay to advertise, that's when their reviews go away. Or more specifically, I would say, if they've paid to advertise and then choose to stop, that's when they feel that they really get hit. Because Yelp, Yelp somehow is punishing um, because if they, they've obviously, Yelp is probably counting on the future revenue stream or something, hoping for that future revenue stream. And right. the, the, obviously, the, you now are aware of the benefits of playing on our team. We're now going to show you the, ba- the dark side. Right. Uh, that's how a lot of businesses feel. Yes. And it's not fair to the consumer who may be missing out on a lot of great businesses that they wouldn't, they're, they're not going to go see because of the reviews that they see on Yelp. Now, um, one thing that's—I uh, don't know if it's gotten a lot of attention—and uh, and actually, in the, the Levick case, and we'll talk about it in a second, um, it wasn't really the court wasn't clear that the allegations were there. But Yelp employees also leave reviews, right? And how does that play? I mean, what do we have any knowledge, one way or the other, whether those reviews are generally positive, generally negative? That's something that. <laughs> You can't always tell when it is a Yelp employee that's leaving the reviews. So I would say that's hard to, it's hard to say because it's not clear that it is a Yelp employee. So they don't disclose that it's a Yelp employee. Correct. And, you know, the FTC in other cases goes after people if they're paying people to write reviews and not disclosing that fact. Um, But somehow if Yelp, since it isn't a review of Yelp, but a review of, of companies on Yelp, um, it's still a paid review. Mm-hmm. It it essentially is, and and Yelp has their scouts, they call them, where these scouts leave reviews for businesses to generate more content on the site, um, and and that's it's it's very frustrating for business owners because they they do feel like Yelp is paying these people to write reviews, good or bad, and it and then they're expecting the companies to pay to advertise and the company doesn't even want to be there. That's the big problem is that these companies don't necessarily want to be on the website. They want to choose where they have a presence made and Yelp will not take them down, even though the company didn't put themselves up. Right. Um, Although Yelp's response is, you know, this is all sort of public good, public awareness, and if consumers want to voice their opinion about a place, we're happy to host that. But we'll talk about that, and we'll get into some of the, uh, the recent um, court decisions about Yelp after these messages. You're listening to Cyberlong Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. The Web Marketing Association presents Great Moments in Website History. 1994, Trey G browses with a high-speed 56K modem. 1997, Donnie W discovers scrolling. 2006, Smudges the Cat becomes an animated GIF. What is your great moment in website history? 
The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries for the International Web Award Competition. Web Marketing Award winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Award site. Visit www.webaward.org to nominate your company, site, or organization. The call for entries has begun, and the deadline to enter is May 29th, 2015. Go to www.webaward.org and sign up today. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining Finding competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back and we're talking about um, documentary Billion Dollar Bully. And we have the director and um, producer, Kaylee uh, Milliken, with us. And um, Kaylee, before the break, um, you were talking about you know, this is some business owners would just prefer not to be listed on Yelp. Um, and right. Yelp's view is that, well, you know, if consumers want to voice their opinion on a business, you know, we're happy to host that, and we think that's for the benefit of the, you know, the greater public awareness. What do, you, what do you think about that? I think that Yelp has created this fire, and they are putting, they are selling the water to put it out. So they have caused a lot of problems for businesses, and then they're going to these businesses and charging them. If if they were getting their revenue in a different way, I think it would be an entirely different matter. But the, then these businesses couldn't claim they were be, being extorted. Or if Yelp cared at all about the business owner's experience, they are very focused on the consumer experience and have a complete disregard for the business owners. And business owners have shown me over and over again how they can prove there are reviews up on Yelp that are false. They're from ex-boyfriends, ex-girlfriends, whatever it is that have a bone to pick and they just want to make the person look bad. Um, Competing businesses or a customer. uh, I spoke with a company the other day who had a customer who did leave a legitimate negative review but then created has created 10 different accounts leaving 10 different negative reviews and none of those have been filtered out. And they they contacted Yelp and Yelp just, they sent out the standard email of, we, we think that this person is showing a legitimate review, so basically it's tough luck. And 
if they if they would work with these businesses more, then that would be a completely different story. But they're not, and it's like they don't care that these businesses are suffering. Now, um, Yelp's response is that while in this case we've this has been litigated and so far we've won, and uh, in fact one of the you know the, the clip from the video which. Obviously, the images were not displayed because this is a radio. Um, one of the opening statements was by the, the lawyer in um, a case that was just decided by the, the Ninth Court of Appeals um, in the Levitt case. And that case, um, those allegations that were, the Ninth Circuit had to decide about whether or not Yelp's business practices counted as extortion. And um, and there was a couple of things I found interesting about the decision. Um, what we we use the term extortion socially in um, in somewhat a, a more looser fashion, but extortion actually has a legal definition, and so there the court was addressing, um, which is a basically the legal definition is whether um, you're doing something that you don't have an ex- an economic right to do, um, mm-hmm. basically you're demanding something out of someone that you don't have a right to. And um, so it says the state of claim for economic extortion, a litigant must demonstrate either that a pre-existing right to be free from threatened harm or that the defendant had no right to seek payment for the services offered. And basically the court concluded, well, you know, Yelp is entitled to place ads anywhere they want on their site. And even if it's harmful and even if it may seem unfair, um, it wasn't, didn't rise to the level of extortion. And so, um, and so Yelp is touting that as a victory, although the court did not address, and they specifically point out that they did not see allegations that the reviews were actually being um, provided by Yelp employees as well, which triggers another issue, which is you know, Yelp has immunity for what's on the site um, since it's done by third parties. But the question then is, to what extent do they, are they part of the content-producing themselves and themselves liable under the law. And so I find um, Yelp's response to you um, was that, okay, we've won in court. But, you know, how strong is a victory when the Ninth Circuit says, okay, you you didn't rise to the level of criminal extortion. That's hardly an exoneration of their business practices. Yeah, it's... They they like to twist it and make it sound as though they have one in a way that they haven't. And the film really will delve into that. They also, there was recently that case in Virginia with the carpet cleaning business and they were trying to get the identities of some reviewers that they claimed had never been, um, been clients of theirs. And the judge did tell Yelp that, that you know the records were the the information was subpoenaed. Yelp didn't provide it. The court said Yelp had to. Yelp didn't, and so they were held in contempt. Yelp appealed again. The next court up said yes, you have to provide it. Yelp appealed again, and then the Supreme Court in Virginia said this is the wrong jurisdiction. You need to take it out to California. And Yelp is touting it as though look, we just had another victory. No, it was right, the but wrong it's a very court. narrow technical victory. Yeah, right, and. <laughs> You know, then the the other thing that they mentioned in you know, the interview with you on CNBC um, is is also the Federal Trade Commission, and there were, they admitted in their public filings that there were um, I forget the number it was in something like twenty thousand 
um, complaints had been filed with the Federal Trade Commission against them. Um, you know, one that's <laughs> that would translate to one star most likely. Right. But um, any event, um, the FTC chose. Well, that that's actually back. funny because if you do go onto Yelp's site and look up Yelp, they're two and a half stars. They're rated as two and a half stars. <laughs> and then if you click on the filtered reviews, there are so many one star mm-hmm. reviews which don't get factored into the overall rating. <laughs> That's 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 be fair. So, but anyway, so they they tout the fact that the FTC closed the investigation without taking further action as somehow again an exoneration. And I'm not sure we're there yet. But you tell a compelling story about. Um, in fact, he was included at the end of the clip about an, an Italian restaurateur in Richmond, California, um, who actually campaigned inviting people to give them one star on Yelp just so he could show Yelp he doesn't care. Right. He yeah, he's, he's a character. Uh, David Serratini, he owns, <laughs> he owns Bado Bistro in Richmond, which is an amazing restaurant. And he became so angry with Yelp and felt that they were treating him so unjustly that he decided, fine, you know what? You want to try to hold this over me and put bad reviews up? I will... I will make sure there are bad reviews. And he began to offer uh, customers a discount to leave him a one-star review on Yelp. His goal was to become the worst-rated restaurant ever on Yelp. And this started to work really well, and people were leaving reviews saying things like, oh, do not come here if you want to have amazing pizza. Or, <laughs> um, And then he ended up raising it to 50% off, and Yelp sent him a cease and desist letter and he was like, what? I'm not agreeing to be on your site. I'm not agreeing to your terms of service. So how can you get me to stop? It was basically a joke. But yeah, he, um, it, so that's been his way of fighting back. And it's worked really well for him. But it is funny that Yelp won't even give him that. He, um, if you go on, he does have a three-star rating. They, they don't want him to get that one star. <laughs> Yeah, I saw, you know, he's done, he's become quite famous, you know, internationally now because yes. of it. Um, right. So in some ways, you know, he, he out Yelp, Yelp. Um, right. Just, you know, playing the, you know, the publicity aspect of it. Now, um, right. you had the, the, the interview with CNBC and the Yelp, Yelp had a PR person there and they said, you know, you, you're getting it wrong. And they, they even questioned your motives. You know, do you want to respond to that at all? Yeah. Um well, they did question my motives, but the way they did it was when my husband and I were still dating, my husband's an attorney, and when we were dating, he represented me in a legal matter, and he was just, he had just passed the bar, was just trying to get his business going, and I went and left, I don't, I think someone else created an account for him, but I went and left a review, um, which was a legitimate review because he had represented me in a legal matter, and it it got filtered out. At the time, this was probably, this was at least five or six years ago. So um, I, and I didn't know how the filtered system worked and I, it was just gone. So I made him another review and then I I did that three times. And then I called a friend who worked for Yelp at the time and she said, yeah, they're all getting filtered. And she explained how that worked. And I went in and I saw that they were all there. They just all been filtered. So that made sense to me. And I thought, yeah, they're 
should be a system in place to prevent that thing, that kind of thing from happening. But I didn't stop using the site by any means. I, I still use Yelp all the time to look up restaurants, um, a hair salons. I mean, just all kinds of businesses. It wasn't until I had that experience with my doctor where I began to, and then I began to research it that I, I thought that this was a story that should be told. Now, you know, we've been talking about Yelp and your experiences in, in the United States. Um, you know, Yelp is a, an international entity and you know has in twenty over twenty more countries. And um, did your documentary touch on um, experiences overseas? And have there been any similar complaints or even legal proceedings overseas? So we are starting to look into that and speaking with some EU attorneys. Uh, I don't. They're not as big in any other country as they are in the United States, except maybe Canada. They're getting pretty big in Australia, and they are starting to get a bit bigger in Germany. So, um, and I have had people contact me from Australia and Canada with uh, their complaints on Yelp. Um, but I need to become more familiar with those laws in the EU before I can really speak to that. So you you talked earlier about how you thought you were half done, and now because actually because of the Kickstarter campaign, all these um, people are coming out of the woodwork to tell you about you know this is my experience, that's your experience. You, what is your anticipation of when you might actually have something to show? Well, we would love to get it into Sundance, and in order to do that, we need to have a rough cut done in September to send them. So that gives us a pretty tight deadline, and hopefully we will have the completed project by November. And um, so, and you, you think that's doable? I hope so. Uh, I I think so. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're, we're, we're working as hard as we can to make sure it happens. And it's just you. You have one other. Uh, you have a production assistant. Uh, my associate producer and uh, a cine- our cinematographer is John Ingalls. He's a cinematographer that was used on Blackfish. Um, oh, that was a great documentary. It, I'm sorry? That was a great documentary. Oh, it was very, it, yeah, it was a very good documentary. Very well done. Um, and so, yeah, we're bringing in a lot of contract work for the to fill the voids. Well, that sounds interesting. Um so what are some of the other? So you have the funding. Is is, is money still come in once you, you you reach your goal? Or we have had some coming in. Um, there were a lot of people that have been emailing saying, "Hey, I just heard about it, but the Kickstarter campaign is over. Can I still contribute?" Uh, which we are very thankful for because even ninety thousand dollars—that's a very small budget to produce a feature-length film with. So we do have a, um, a PayPal account linked up on our website that people can contribute to. And do you have a Yelp review? <laughs> is there, is there a documentary pretty, on Yelp? Yeah. I um, somebody, somebody put up my production company on Yelp. Uh, I don't know who it was. Um, they left a five-star review. Great. And I ended up getting a phone call from a salesperson at Yelp. <laughs> Which is really funny. Asking if I wanted to claim my business page, and I said, "Uh, 
do, do you know who, what, do you know about the film I'm working on? And it, he felt so awkward and uncomfortable. It was like he was being forced to call, but he didn't want to, but had to. It was really funny. That is hysterical. But, um, so w- w- what else, what, what are some of the hurdles you're going to have between now and then? Well, getting everything done on time. Um, yeah. We have we we won't be finished with production until mid July, and to get it all edited together, get the graphic work in there, the music composition, it's that's what's going to be the major time crunch. That's a challenge, and your, your timing is is incredible though, because I mean, um, just looking at the media over the past few years, um, 2009, um, East Bay Express actually got an award um, for their expose on Yelp and the Business of Extortion 2.0. And there's some really great you know, tidbits in there and quotes about you know, people really, um, and even Yelp employees saying you know, that, yes, we did do this. Um, and then here in Los Angeles, the LA Times, um, Sandy Banks in 2013 wrote a really um, strong piece about Yelp, and her inbox overflowed, and she, and she actually published a summary of what they said, and they said um, the summary of the comments she received was, quote, Yelp is a complete and utter fraud. The reviews are too self-centered and not trustworthy and half the time really don't make sense. It's a wonderful populist device, but there's a nagging feeling that Yelp isn't as accurate and honest as I want to believe. And then um, in 2014, LA Times, David Lazarus, I'm no lawyer, but I know a racket when I see one. And um, anyone who calls to say you now have a problem but then can make it go away for $75 a month isn't your friend. I asked Songer how Yelp's tactics differ from, say, Tony Soprano or Michael Colleone's. He said, well, no one's come to break my legs. Then he thought for a moment and said, at least not yet. And that seems to be a common theme, that even if it doesn't fit into any legal box of something that maybe is nefarious or criminal, there's a general sense that this is fair. Right. And and it's not even... Yes, and it's not even like it's a $60, $70 a month fee. It's... It's from what I've seen the from the receipts people sent me, it's three hundred seventy dollars a month minimum, and it goes up from there. And a lot of businesses just can't afford to pay that for one way of advertising per month. It's it's a lot of money. And Yelp keeps saying, well, then why why isn't there evidence? Why aren't there recorded phone calls? Well, there are a number of reasons why there aren't recorded phone calls, including the fact that. You're not allowed to record phone calls unless it's a um, and unless it's agreed upon by both parties. Yeah. So, and um, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I I was just going to say, and a lot of people aren't even aware of these problems until they've experienced it themselves. So they're not recording every phone call that comes in, and they don't even think about it until they've experienced it, and then they start to research it and go, "Oh, th- I'm not the only person this has happened to." And it's something you don't pay attention to until it has happened to you, I think, is probably right. part of it, too. And right. um, now I do have a question, and it, it goes to your title. Um, and is that in any way an homage to Alice Cooper? Is it a what? You know, Alice Cooper has a song, Billion Dollar Babies. I was wondering if you were playing on that title. Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just the alliteration of Billion Dollar Bully. Yeah. <laughs> So that works. That, that works. That is a good guess. 
seeing that the song was 1973, that uh, there was a risk. But um, <laughs> well, I, I definitely want to thank you. Um, if people want, or if you people want to learn more about your, your project, and if there's any appearances, you know, where they can you know, see you or talk to you, um, what's the what, where should they go? They can go to our website, which is prost p r o s t films dot com, and they can reach me by email through there. They can see the trailer through there. Um, we are working on updating it with the current news of what's going on. Uh, they can also check out the Kickstarter site, but but that's over now. So I'm trying to guide people more towards our website. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, on our blog, we have um, we have our bio. We have the, the Twitter is at Pros Films, and we have a link to your Reddit AMA. So um, definitely check it out. And I want to thank you and wish you much luck. Um, I hope thank when you, you so do much. finish, you'll consider talking to us. Um, although you will be, be busy at Sundance, hopefully. But, um, <laughs> hopefully, but I'll make time. <laughs> thank you very much. And, uh, <laughs> So um, best of luck to you, and uh, we're going to take Thank a short you. break. When we come back, we'll have news updates. But thanks again, and best of luck. Thanks so much. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back with more Cyberlong Business Report after these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Creating a website is not an easy task, and there are so many companies to choose from. How do I know which one is best? It's a big jump making your site mobile-friendly, generating sales, and answering questions with no struggles. If you want to come out on top, you need Frog on Top. At Frog on Top, we take the time to make your site generate money, not just look good. Our team of experts are WordPress savvy, and our customer service is leaps ahead. See why we say our websites are designed better by leaps and bounds by going to frogontop.com. Frog on Top, your one-stop solution for the web. Frogontop.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. And we're back, and I want to thank Kaylee again for being on the show. Um, definitely a very topical piece, and uh, in full disclosure, actually, the lawyer who represents me on the Ninth Circuit, um, Ashley Berenger, um, formerly with Gibson Dunn, um, is someone I've worked with in the past. She's an outstanding lawyer, and actually has now moved on to be in-house at Facebook. Um, so... 
definitely an interesting topic, and we'll, I'm sure we'll be following this um, as time goes on. Today actually is a day of, of kind of historical and cultural significance. It is the centennial of the birth of Orson Welles. And um, Orson Welles was a radio pioneer who did the, the famous broadcast of the War of the Worlds um, by H.G. Wells that uh, actually had people from New York um, fleeing, uh, afraid that the enemies, the aliens were approaching. Little did they know they were already out here, but no, just kidding. But in any event, um, it was a landmark uh, event, and then he moved into film, and he made probably one of the first great American films, um, Citizen Kane. I shouldn't say the first, but it's for many years considered among the best um, film in history, and just its innovativeness um, and his way of his using shots and his nonlinear narrative form um, has really made him a legend in film, and but also quite controversial. He was quite daring. He took on unpopular topics. Um, and when he also had some other classics from the Magnuson Amazons, Touch of Evil, and also he appeared in, as an actor in uh, The Third Man, and just remarkable performance. Um, so he's done a, a number of great work. He's a true American legend and artist, and uh, so anyone who is not familiar with him might be advised to um learn a little bit about him. He's, it's, his work is out there. And then, of course, he uh, in later years, he, um, he was mostly known for doing Paul Masson wines and counting how they sell no wine before their time. But uh, Orson Welles had a, quite a career, and again, I encourage you to, to check out his work. Um, much of it is available on, on Netflix and elsewhere, So, or if you can see it in the theater, even better. Um, another thing we like to highlight, and uh, one thing in managing your online reputation is having control over your domain names. And uh, there's a lot of litigation, and we get involved in it sometimes. Um, and the Internet Law Center is disputes over domains. And you want to have your domain name for your company and make sure you get them for, you know, the, the, the standard extensions, .com, .net, .org. And um, so this week, Carly, for, Carly Fiorina announced that she um, was running for president because naturally being um, fired as a CEO of Hewlett Packard and failing in her attempt to run for U.S. Senate from California qualifies her for the nation's highest office um, with such a stellar record of success. But um, <laughs> editorializing aside, um, she made an important mistake beyond that, and um, she actually didn't secure um, a domain she once held, and that was callingfiorina.org. And um, someone quickly snatched that up and has put up a website highlighting her lack of success um, at Hewlett Packard and um, including having a, a frown face for each of the 30,000 employees she laid off um, while at Hewlett Packard. So Again, it's um, this is a political arena, but it applies in any arena. Get control of your name. Get control of your reputation. Um, this was a, a, a silly mistake for her to make, and um, this gave um, her opponents an easy venue um, and one that got quite a bit of publicity, too. 
to highlight um, their perceived um, view of her as not really being suited to be president. And uh, although it does seem to, her candidacy does seem to raise um, what, what many view as a, a continuing tradition um, of lately of people running for president. Um, I call it um, the concept of falling up instead of falling down. They hope by you know failing at a higher level, um, they somehow will get more attention and have more cachet and bankability um, afterwards. And they're really not running for president. They're running for a higher speaking fee or a book contract or become a, a Fox News commentator. And um, you know that's unfortunate. But you know there also is a good thing about some of these you know, candidates and who don't necessarily have a, a chance to win. Um, it goes back many years, and they often bring, because they have nothing to lose, they often bring to the debate things that um, maybe otherwise wouldn't come and um, force candidates to address issues that maybe because of their, you know, um, the sensitivity of the issue or the nature of the issue, that you know, it just doesn't have the payoff to engage at that moment. And so, um, you know, there's definitely a merit to bringing in candidates who may not have a chance to win, but they at least have, can contribute to the debate. Um, but what I find is some people, they're, they're not really engaging the election necessarily to raise any issue for the debate, but really just to raise their Q score and their future speaking fee. And um, I question whether Ms. Fiorina is one of them. So um, one other... <laughs> Thing of note um, is that I mean, being out here um, and in Palm Desert, you know, it does highlight what is going on here in California. Is we do have a serious drought issue, um, and then seeing all these you know, sea of green, green golf courses, you know, somewhat troubling. I know Palm the Palm Springs area does have um, taken a lot of steps to be very um, water efficient, but even the, that, which is very central to their economy, um, still is, I think, seems to have a ways to go. But I will give you this bit of advice. Um, if, as you get older and are celebrating a birthday, as I just recently did, there's no no better place to feel younger than in Palm Springs or Palm Desert, where I think the median age is something like 70 or something. So, um, but that's uh, that's <laughs> that's one benefit of being out here in the desert, and I'm sure there's a few other pockets in Florida that are very much the same. So um, I want to thank our guest again. Um, it's a very important topic she's covering, and uh, I, you know, I, if Yelp wants to comment, I'm welcome to welcome to come on the show to talk about it. Um, I know they're very um, somewhat reticent about talking about their processes and you know when I have met with Yelp's attorneys it has been to talk about you know we have a, a lot of an algorithm that we think is something that is sound and we, we have confidence in and we can't really disclose how it works because you know that's um, that's just how it is and uh, you don't disclose that um, there's also has been some studies that show that um, the number of reviews, you know, the median review is generally positive, um, although there are lots of um, negative reviews, but, you know, generally they tend to, a majority tend to be positive. Um, and, but there's also a lot of reviews that show just how powerful a Yelp review can be. Um, the difference between, um, you know, a three-star and four-star is an increase in 10% of your revenue. 
So you know, these are things that matter, and they become an important player in e-commerce. And um, you know, they, I think the scrutiny is deserved. Um, and particularly seeing some of the allegations uh, that Yelp, I, as I mentioned, does deny, but some there are allegations from former employees that they more or less do say, you know, unless you advertise with us, um, you will suffer these consequences. And you know, I hope their approach to this documentary isn't to um, align, you know, the messenger, but also to, to you know address head on. The, the allegations that are being made and, and, and evaluate whether you know they need to address this or not. You know, if they believe that they're not engaging in these practices, then by all means, they should vigorously defend themselves and um, you know, we'll have that debate when the movie comes out. But we look forward to seeing the review and um, so that's going to be something that will be possibly as early as next winter at the Sundance Film Festival and we be great to see that happen. So this is Bennett Kelly. I um, want to thank you for joining us for another edition of Cyberlaw and Business Report. You can learn more, as I said, um, follow us on our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com and um, check us out on Twitter at Cyberlaw Radio. And again, check out the Internet Law Center, internetlawcenter.net. Um, we are in Santa Monica and covering a lot of these issues in reputation management as well as many other issues involving e-commerce. And so check us out, internetlawcenter.net. And this is Bennett Kelly. I want to thank you once again. Join us next week when um, we will be talking about another ish hot topic in, in that law and cyber law and business. And until then, I just have to say go Clippers. Good luck tonight. And uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. Thanks again, everyone. Court's adjourned. has been a presentation of webmasterradio.fm the world's largest business to business radio and podcast network we welcome you to sample past episodes of this program as well as our complete library of programs on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm the opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.